0: This is First You Hustle, a podcast from the Columbus College of Art and Design meant to help students and budding creative professionals put their expertise to use. I'm your host, Jordan Bell coming to you from the career services office in the design studios on Broad. Today, we're talking about the pitch as in presentation and how you come off when talking with employers.
1: This candidate couldn't speak about the work. They weren't familiar with us as an agency and the nerves came through, um, but it was mostly lack of preparedness. It can go downhill quickly. That's
0: today's guest.
1: I am Joe Popa. I am the executive creative director at 88 Brand Partners in Chicago, Illinois.
0: But it's not all don'ts, Joe also shares his advice.
1: I I tell young creatives, especially right out of school, to change jobs frequently within the first five to 10 years of their career.
0: As well as how he prepares every day for pitches and presentation in the advertising world. The fundamentals aren't all that different from how you'd go about presenting yourself to an employer. We'll also hear from students later in the episode, and I'll detail the key steps you can take to pitch like one of the greatest. everyone, and welcome to our first episode of first you hustle. Here's a little bit about what we're looking to do with this podcast. The career search journey is long, it's complicated, and most importantly, it's unique to the individual that's searching. This series will outline some common topics and provide advice from employers, alumni, faculty, staff, and you, the student, to help get you thinking about things that you might not have thought about before. Our first episode is purposefully about the pitch something that comes later in the job search process but it's so important to get right and you'll hear from our guests today about the importance of putting the end first in some cases and this is certainly one through this podcast series you'll learn some new things you'll get some inspiration and help guide yourself through the job search process we call this series first you hustle because it's very important to remember you are in control of your career that includes at this very moment All the advice we'll give in this series, all the checklists of to do this and to not do that, all of that will help you put your creative juices to work just as long as you remember that first you hustle, you put the time in, you grind to make this happen. We're aiming to do about uh, one episode every two weeks uh, spaced out throughout each semester. The topics will vary. I think to begin with, we'll talk about very general topics like today today. How do you pitch yourself to an employer? We'll talk about resumes and cover letters, navigating the recruiting process. We'll do episodes on interviewing. Uh, what should your portfolio look like? All that stuff is coming down the road and we're gonna include guests along the way. And you, you also might see uh, career services out and about uh, asking on the street, you know, what are you up to? What are you thinking? What's on your mind? And we'll get student voices on this podcast. And we have some student voices later in this podcast today. But on to today's topic, the pitch. You may have heard this famous quote, it's one of those quotes that are so ubiquitous, uh, no one's really sure where it came from. Uh, I think it might've been Henry Ford. Nothing happens until someone sells something. And it's true, think about it. Ships would be docked, mall parking lots would be empty, warehouses would be overstocked if nothing was being sold. Countless hours of research and design, decades of innovation and centuries of progress would all come to a head at the doorstop of sales where all that hard work either pays off or you go home because commerce doesn't really move until something is sold. So we're gonna talk about your pitch, your sales pitch to an employer. Might be the one you do in an interview, at a networking event, anytime you want someone to buy your product. And what is that product? It's your creative skills, your vision, your professional capabilities. You are the product in this case. So we're gonna help you sell your number one product, yourself. And to help me do that, I spoke with CCAD alumnus Joe Popa via Skype. Joe is the creative director at 88 Brands in Chicago. He's been in the advertising world for many years at large and small companies working on a wide variety of client types and brands. Our conversation focused on presentation, something Joe has always had to nail in his job to secure new clients. The pitch is the real first opportunity one has to separate themselves from the competition and really show the client, or in the case of an interview, the employer, that you can suit their needs the best. Joe, is there a methodology to your approach when speaking with clients and pitching your business?
1: Yeah, I think always being able to demonstrate that you've been listening and not just trying to jam something down their throat that you think would be best for them. People in general like to know that you're listening to them and certainly clients and potential clients do too. Um, One of the things that we're really good at here, we actually have a a research division. We started a sister agency, solely focused on validating our creative work and doing customer insight research. Um, Before we go in and present anything to the client, we've done some research into their target or into their product or into their their specific marketing dilemma so that when we're in front of them, we're able to demonstrate that we've either been listening to them as clients, we've been listening to their customers, or we've been listening to the marketplace and understand what the problem might be in the marketplace. And we're not just coming either not knowing anything and waiting to be told what to do or coming in and saying, we know everything and here's what you should do. But rather come in demonstrating that we've been listening uh, and we're prepared to uh, solve their problems in in ways that best serve them. And,
0: and once you've done that research, you've kind of prepared the things that you you know you want to say what elements go into the actual presentation of the presentation is that important the yeah, i don't want to say theatrics but you know the yeah. sort of visual elements yeah. the way you present yourself what what care do you put into that part of the pitch
1: yeah theatrics is, is actually a good word we do put a lot of care into it. it is i've always called it the theater of advertising that very first time hopefully the relationship Um, begins based on that pitch and and you have a long relationship and you get to present to that client numerous times, but there's nothing like opening night to stay in the theater analogy. um, That first time you present to that client and being immensely prepared is important. Understanding that there is some theater to it is important. Knowing the guidelines you know, often these these pitches are pretty regimented, and you know, you as an agency have ninety minutes, and you want to make sure that you've communicated your best self in those ninety minutes, and you want to communicate that you understand the client and can solve their problem, and that the work is impeccable. You know, you don't want any mistakes, miscues, typos, anything wrong. Uh, you've had plenty of time to prepare, but. The theater is important as, you know, what you're presenting as much as the work is the people. Very seldom, if ever, does the creative work that is presented in a pitch ever get produced. What it is is really a demonstration of how this agency, these people at this agency work, think, behave, right? And so what you're really pitching is yourself, your agency, your services. But you know, and and the client knows, that this is a relationship. And the relationship is a human one and a reciprocal one. And they're really looking to hire people more than buy creative work at that point. And so it is important that you put your best foot forward as people in in the pitch presentation.
0: How often do you need to be on your toes in a pitch?
1: There's a lot of rehearsing as a team. Um, And when I, even when the team is done rehearsing, these tend to be on the road for whatever reason, you tend to travel a lot for these presentations. I will be back in the hotel room personally rehearsing the night before, certainly get up, whatever time you need to get up to rehearse the morning of. And what that does is it gets to that other key word that you spoke, Jordan, that is improvisation. It's not unlike um, what I'm sure a lot of students at CCAD are familiar with, which is grid design. Being prepared, understanding the guidelines, knowing every corner and crevice uh, and detail as much as you can prepares you to be able to improvise when the situation calls for improvising. And then get back on story, get back on the narrative, get back on the message because you're prepared. And those are really the key aspects of, you know, I just spoke about presenting yourself as a person or or people at, at an agency. And it's that preparedness coupled with the ability to improvise that really allows you to demonstrate you're not only creative and can plan, but you're creative and can think on your feet. You also mentioned, you know, do you just plan out the beginning and improvise after that? The presentations are usually fairly scripted, but what happens, tends to happen a lot, is people will rehearse the introduction, the very beginning, um, and not spend so much time preparing the ending. And the end is important, uh, because generally you're presenting your your creative idea uh, towards the end, or ideas towards the end, and then once you're done presenting the ideas, the minds in the room will start swirling. You know, some folks might be excited, some might be confused, some might be concerned, but the cement is still wet. And that's a, t- you, that's a time where it's really important that you just not become silent, but sort of recap the work and why it is answering all of the criteria, all of the problems point by point that the client had put out uh, in the pitch proposal.
0: What's your end goal? You know, when you're pitching um, yeah. Essentially, yourself, but your, your business. What what is that end thing you want them to walk out the door with?
1: Well, that's yeah, that's that's well well said. It's you know it's different every time, but knowing what you want is the end, right? So, you may want to sell a specific campaign. It may be an existing client who is asking you to help them sell their certain brand of orange juice, and you may have a certain campaign that you believe is the one that they should go with, and that's what you want. So, knowing what you want at the end or you may be going into an interview and what you want is a the job as art director or copywriter knowing what you want is the end of that meeting of that presentation and so starting back from what you want and building the whole thing in preparation to get to what you want at the end of that meeting is generally how we me specifically always have think about putting together a presentation. What is it I want at the end of the meeting? What is it I hope has transpired and work backwards from there? It helps keep you focused. It helps you from, it keeps you from losing sight. It helps you craft your story in a way that is all leading to that end.
0: And is that a method that you, uh, you learn from a mentor or, or a professor, or is that something that you just kind of figured out from practice?
1: It's something I've just kind of, figured out because I've seen work in different iterations in the professional world. I was part of a training seminar once that was essentially built to, to train salespeople on how to ask for things, how to sell things. Uh, and it was a, it was an aspect of that. Uh, never forget what it is you want out of this conversation. Um, and really if, if we're in front of a new client we're selling our agency. If I'm a candidate in front of an agency, I'm selling myself. Uh, if I'm a designer in front of a client, I'm selling a color palette or a typeface. Uh, and so it just seemed to make sense that if this works for people who who are selling widgets or ice to Eskimos, it's certainly a, an approach that we should put to work for us as we try to sell creative ideas.
0: Uh, what, what might be some don'ts? I think we got some good do's. What are the don'ts?
1: We're looking to hire a young creative here and we we're coming up at the end of the process. We had identified a couple of people that we know we wanted to bring back for second round of interviews, but there was a young designer whose portfolio we had seen online. Their work was impeccable. Uh, our entire team thought this is, based on the online portfolios we've seen, this is the person we would love to have. Great uh, uh, packaging design skills, great sense of typography, Uh, some beautiful digital work we just need to get them in and and it took us a while to get this person in Uh, and when they were in in front of us they were clearly not prepared at all and this candidate couldn't speak about the work they weren't uh, familiar with us as an agency and the nerves came through Um, but it was mostly lack of preparedness uh, that she had this beautiful product Uh, her design sensibilities but was not able to talk about it, not able to uh, display that she understood us and what we might be looking for. Um, And so that lack of preparedness then leads to nerves when you find, when you realize that you're not prepared and you're swimming upstream and it can go downhill quickly.
0: Yeah. Is that essentially what it came down to? There's a lot of anticipation that this person has everything looks great on paper. Then you get in the room and it's a totally different story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have seen, um, and certainly been a part of teams that where there were, whether it was portfolios, um, or creative work that was average better than average, but then there was a personal dynamic that you knew you could work with this person. You knew you wanted to collaborate with this agency, uh, or this designer, or this writer, uh, and those have been fruitful relationships. And then there have been, similar to the situation I just told you about, but not uniquely that, meet a designer or a potential client whose work you really admire, but then they're not either not able to sell it or not able to connect with you on a visceral human level. And, you know, creativity is a lot about gut, and human. Human connectivity is also about gut and you can just tell whether they can sell it or whether they have that connection with you and you with them. Those are as important as the the work itself most of the time.
0: And with just a couple minutes left here, uh, generally for anyone that's looking for to work in a creative field, uh, what would be your advice to them as they're going through this search process?
1: I got this bit of advice from a uh, professor mentor at CCAD when I was there and I give it, this is probably the advice I give young creatives the most uh, of any advice I give. And sometimes it works against me. And you'll understand why in a second I, I tell young creatives, especially right out of school to change jobs frequently within the first five to 10 years of their career. Um, there are aspects of the creative profession that you may not know exist, that you may not know you like, There may be things you think you like or really passionate about now, and those passions may uh, dissolve or morph into other ones. And what's really, what can be easy to do, especially if you're a really talented young creative, is to get a job out of school and do really well at that job and be rewarded for doing that job, um, both in title and in financial compensation, uh, in office and whatnot, and then, keep doing that job and be rewarded more for that job and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep getting rewarded and keep getting rewarded. And at some point you may find that you're, you lose that job or your passion changes and you've got 15, 20 years of one track experience. And that can be a dangerous thing, especially for a creative person. I think it's good to not know exactly what you want to do. It's also good to know exactly what you want to do. I would just encourage to try other things, to make yourself uncomfortable if there are things that you are not comfortable doing creatively, find a place where you are allowed to do those things because it will open uh, other doors, it will open your eyes to other creative approaches and you very likely will find uh, by changing your disciplines, changing your approaches, changing your creative environment numerous times early in your career, when you land somewhere that it is the course that is going to suit you well for the re- best for the rest of your career.
0: Joe, thanks a lot for uh, joining us. Your advice has been really great. Um, it's been a pleasure talking with you.
1: Jordan, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you.
0: And there you have it. Special thanks to Joe for joining us on that interview. As you can see, presentation and pitch makes all the difference. An average or above average portfolio is made great by someone that nails the presentation and a great portfolio that looks, uh, could look mediocre when the presentation lags. It kind of reminds me of a a study, it's one of my favorite studies that showed audiences two pieces of video, both were the same video, untouched, um, unaltered, but the audio was different uh, for for each group. And the groups with the degraded audio said that the picture looked to be worse quality uh, than the video with the good audio. So the video was the same, the audio was degraded, but it still affected the way they said the quality of the actual video was. Um, and that just goes to show that each element of what you do in the job search process, uh, what someone sees in writing or online, what you speak in person in your resume, it affects all the other elements. And that's why uh, your, your pitch is so important because it's often the least looked at part of the process. You put so much time into your resume and your cover letter and your portfolio and you're sending out these applications that by the time the interview or uh, you meet someone that that works in the company that you're interested in you have this opportunity to uh, you know introduce yourself to this person and create a first impression that you haven't really thought about well okay how do I actually tell you what you need to know to to hire me Uh, and so a lot of times interviews are actually very open-ended and they ask you to tell us what you can do for us, or walk us through your portfolio, uh, what's your favorite piece of work and why? Even you know the first question you're often asked is, tell me about yourself. And These are all invitations for you to take the floor and give your pitch. Outside an interview, your pitch to a networking contact about what you're looking to do in your career goes from casual small talk to a genuine job lead, depending on how you craft your message that a job fair, the secret pile of resumes the recruiter has behind their table of the you know must follow up candidates is directly influenced by the quality of the presentation given to them by the candidate. And by presentation, I don't mean you know pull up the PowerPoint and give handouts. I simply mean how did the person present in that small two to three minute interaction they just had. It's really about impression building. This is super important. So I've got a loose structure to help you think about how you come off to employers and steps you can take. To make sure you are putting the right foot forward all right number one you gotta love yourself this is why we did this topic first even though this is the end it's 100 percent affected by the very beginning how do you enter your job search do you know what skills you have the skills you need to work on and how you're going to work on them you should take an inventory first take a census completely of you, document your skills, your need for improvement, your career interests, your career non-interest, your dream companies, your dream roles. This step can be long or short and can involve information, informational interviews, um, uh, essentially where you interview someone at the company to learn more about their role. It can involve job shadowing or an internship to be sure of some of your interests. It happens in the classroom as you practice your skills uh, and get feedback. But before you can pitch like a pro, you need to know what's in your stock. And the more you know that, the more confident you'll be about it. And that's why it's love yourself. You'll really feel like you're doing the right things because you have a good understanding of who you are as a person. And Career Services can help uh, with that. We can help you work on getting an inventory of your skills and flesh out uh, what you have been working on and, and what you need to work on, uh, what's working against you, uh, and how you can move forward with that knowledge. So... Um, Understanding your weaknesses is really important because it kind of affects what you will or maybe will not say uh, in in parts of your pitch. Um, So definitely use us uh, for that. But frequent feedback on portfolios from professors or professionals in the field will will also help you maintain that inventory Uh, and we have tons of resources to help you start on that type of research, which brings me to number two, research, research, research. Joe mentioned his company has an entire division dedicated to just researching clients, and you should have a similar division within your brain dedicated to the same thing. Know who you're speaking with. Uh, you know, if you're headed to a career fair, research the companies thoroughly, uh, read their mission statement and goals on their website. Look at websites like LinkedIn and Glassdoor to see who works there, roles they have. Um, you know, You can get some qualitative feedback on what it's like working there. Uh, things like that. Look the company up in the news. Um, you know, Amazon just acquired Whole Foods and that's been in the news for a while. And a smart job candidate knows or, or at least has a good educated guess as to why Amazon is entering the grocery business. Uh, and if they were going to be um, you know, speaking with someone at Amazon, they would want to know the implications this merger has on its uh, or acquisition has on it on its future. And most importantly, what that means for what you can do for them. And um, that sentence in my head now sounds grammatically challenged, but essentially it's what is the state of the company you are interested in and what does that mean for the type of work you can do for them? How does a merger, downsizing, entering a new industry and so forth affect the creative work? Uh, This is taking your pitch from here's me and only me to here's me and what it means for us, which takes me to step number three. Combine your research with knowledge of self. So this is essentially step one plus step two equals step three. You need to build that bridge for how your work fits into the company's needs. The pitch isn't about you, it's about them. And how do you figure out the connection between what their company is doing and what you can do for them? It's tricky and it's not something you can know outright. But as Joe mentioned in the interview, Often the creative work pitched isn't produced, but seeing the process and critical thinking are things employers highly value. You aren't expected to have the answers and you shouldn't present them as the answer, as the only way, but by showing you can take a position and support that position and be flexible and accommodating to a team's ideas, that will show that you have the confidence and the competence to do the work. This step is great networking fodder too. Before you go tell someone why they should hire you, ask questions, follow up with contacts. This is another sales technique. By listening uh, you know, to someone's responses, by asking the right questions, you'll know which doors you need to open, which things you need to talk about. You go into the pitch, the interview, the networking conversation, whatever it may be, with an idea of what you want to say, uh, but what you will actually end up saying depends on the other person's responses. You can't really hope that they ask the right questions or bring up the right topics. Uh, you need to plant those seeds. And this could be as simple as, you know, tell me about the team you manage and, and what are they like? And then now you're finding out the qualities of someone on that team uh, possesses. Then you know what parts of your own skill set that you should bring up either in that moment or, or later down the road. This process isn't linear, it's very intertwined. You'll find something happens during this phase that makes you revisit step number one or number two, and that's okay, you should always kind of be revisiting each of these things, understanding your skills, understanding what companies you're interested in, and then you know figuring out the formula of how that fits together. Number four, get out there and speak. The narrative in our head is often clean and perfect, but when we actually get up to speak, the ums, the ahs, the brain farts, and the tip of the tongue words are suddenly dominating your presentation. If you're doing a class project on, um, on a team and your team needs to present, take one of the speaking parts. Um, you could go to an open mic. Um, you know, Customer service jobs are great for this. That includes retail, working on the customer side and in, in restaurants. If you give tours on campus or other jobs you might do as a part-time job in college, uh, these will get you interacting with people regularly And this will make you less nervous when you speak to professionals in your field of interest. You know, actually just being able to get out there and interact with people shakes a lot of those nerves out. And it doesn't matter where you do it, um, just practice being in front of a crowd. Um, Another way is being able to tell a good joke. Um, That's a great mechanism for practicing your presentation skills because jokes rely heavily on timing and cadence, and most importantly, context. The words themselves aren't necessarily funny, but the presentation makes them funny and telling a joke can be a fun, approachable way to learn when the timing is right to say a certain thing. You can transfer this to your career search by not just knowing what you wanna say um, you know, to a networking contact, for example, but when and where you need to say it. And then the what you say is gonna have a little bit more of a punch. It's gonna sit a little bit better because you said it at the right time and in the right manner. Number five is practice. And yeah, this is similar to number four, um, get out there and speak, but a little bit different because getting out there and speaking is great. You do want to you know just practice presenting in general, but you, you also want to practice common responses to questions and how you plan to phrase your career goals and actually practice your pitch a little bit. Um, so being able to you know talk about what are my career goals, what are my interests, what are my abilities? Um, Career Services can help you wordsmith or just be a sounding board for how you plan to introduce yourself to people. Faculty are also a good resource for this, even classmates, especially classmates who are not in your major. Um, You know, if you're a fashion student, try telling an animation student what you're interested in. Um, Did they get it? Did you have to explain too much? Make sure your pitch is prepared for the, you know, the least knowledgeable person about your industry. Uh, And then you can always scale it up to industry pros by using industry lingo. And it's not this idea that you um, you should be talking down to people um, or that you need to be kind of, you know, dumbing things down for people. It's more about the exercise of seeing how simply and efficiently you can explain yourself by practicing and explaining things simply. You force yourself to have an innate understanding of your own responses. So a good example is what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Mine is Jenny's Wildberry Lavender because I'm a chocolate lover and it pairs well with dark chocolate, but it's also great on its own. And it tastes kind of like Fruit Loops. And you can see how confident that response is. And it's because I feel that I can defend the position. I have a great understanding of what my favorite ice cream flavor is. Uh, people can tell when you haven't thought through an answer. It comes out, your voice physically starts to th- sound thinner. Uh, you go up at the end of a sentence like it's a question, but it really was not. Um, You avoid eye contact, you shift your body. But when I tell you about my love for Jenny's Wildberry Lavender Ice Cream, I look you dead in the eyes. My voice does not waver. And you can tell um, that I feel strongly about uh, what I'm talking about because I'm excited in my voice and I can back it up um, with support. And it's because I genuinely love that ice cream. I believe you genuinely love your creative work and are passionate about the direction you want to take But have you thought about why? Have you thought about how you explain it to others? Practice doing that so when the actual opportunities come out, you can roll it off very confidently. And those are just a few steps that can help you start to build a framework. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, your career search is unique to you. This isn't an exhaustive guide. You'll need support but that is what our office is for. So use this advice to get the wheels turning, but come in and see us, uh, come to a workshop, or turn to other mentors or professional contacts you know uh, to help you continue developing this skill. It doesn't take much to get started. In fact, I caught up with a few new students at orientation and asked them, what do they hope to be doing when they graduate? My name's Daniel Finnickel. Uh My major is industrial design. And in the future, I hope to
1: own as many cars as I make. I'm D'Angelo, I am an animation major, and I hope to do a whole lot, but I hopefully want to get my own animation show one day, so we'll see. Uh, My name is David Roderick, Uh, my major is animation, and I hope to one day work for a major network and create my own show for everyone to enjoy.
0: Hello, my name is Corey, and I'm in fine arts major, and um, I like to draw a lot. Uh, Hi, I'm Anthony, I'm an animation major and I want to work for Pixar as a character designer while also working on my own
1: animations on the side. Hi, I'm Joey Marcus and I'm going to be an animation major and I'm hoping to do uh, character modeling for video games when I graduate. I'm Essence, I'm a fashion design major and I aspire to create fashion
0: lines inspired by other cultures. And there you have it. They just got here and they're already thinking about what they're going to do with their career. Have you thought about what you're going to do with your career? I bet you have. And now it's time to put that to action. Thanks for joining me on this episode of First You Hustle. And I look forward to having you next time. On behalf of the Career Services Office, I'm Jordan Bell. Thanks and see you later. Our music is Jimmy H. Boogaloo by The Juanitos, provided under the Creative Commons license from the Free Music Archive. Thanks to them.